Hey, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to season one of the Prayer House podcast. Our mission and vision is simple. It is to spread the gospel and good news to the ends of the world and to do it by building a community whose foundation is Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family. We hope you enjoy this message and it is a blessing to you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tom. And thank you, Sister Rachel and Sam. Thank you for a powerful worship. We're so blessed um, <clears throat> to have the Holy Spirit have so much control, uh, honor and complete control, so much control over this meeting. And I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we come before you with a heavy heart. We come before you with a burdened heart. We come before you, Father, with with our brokenness, with our weaknesses, with our faults, with all that we are that, that just doesn't measure up to who you are. And yet, we know that we are loved, we are welcomed into your presence, and we are embraced. We cannot thank you enough, Father God. I pray right now that your spirit would move mightily. This place and this moment, Father God, has been ordained by you. This call, this moment, Father God, this is your will. This is your plan. So I pray that whatever you want to do, Lord, do that in our midst. Whatever you want to say, Father, speak. We want to hear. We want to listen. We want to obey. Teach us, Spirit of the living God. Teach us who the Father is. Show us the Father. And that is enough for us. Show us the Father. And that is enough, Lord God. You speak and we will listen. Have your way in us. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you all so much for uh, coming on the line. I want to thank God for this opportunity as well. So please turn your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Book of Revelation, chapter 12. Uh, we'll read a few scripture passage, a few scripture verses, verses 7 all the way to 12. All right. The book of Revelation, chapter 12, verses 7 to 12. And while you're flipping through your uh, Bibles there, just real quick, I believe this will be my last Bible study session with you guys for a little while. Um, I think for the next month or so, uh, there are some things going on on Prayer House. So definitely we'll miss you guys. I'll try to log in whenever I can. I have cleared my Monday nights, um, so I think I should be able to log in. But I'm, I'm super excited to be hearing from other people. It'll be wonderful. Uh, Reshma mentioned to me that uh, there will still be a Monday night Bible study for the month of August. It'll just be other men and women of God. And I'm so, so, so happy to hear that. You have no idea. Uh, because I love it when, when somebody can come on here and you can bring the scripture out. And then you can allow the Holy Spirit to use you. I love watching that. And I don't get opportunities to watch. Other people do it a lot. But when I do, I love it. Uh, you can ask my home church members. When I'm home and I'm not traveling, um, I don't preach. I, I sit in the back and I listen. I just love it. Um, I, I love watching other people just move mightily in the spirit. It gives me so much strength to watch that. So, And it gives me great joy to see you guys grow as well. Amen. It's everything that I've been praying for. So, uh, yeah. This will be our last week for a little bit. Um, God willing, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back in September, I think. Uh, if, if I'm right, uh, then yeah, we'll see you guys 
in September. But as I as I just take a departure for a little bit, I felt in my spirit that I wanted to just leave this sitting with you. Um, and uh, short giveaway, short spoiler. Um, I'm going to ask you what I what I'm leaving with you today when I come back in September. All right. So if you don't have a notebook, if you don't have a sheet, like you're not taking notes. Yeah, you're, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that when I ask you in September and you're like, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Okay, so don't do that. All right, book of Revelation chapter 12, 7 verse 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. And they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. If you have, an, if you have a pen, uh, would you please do me a favor and underline the words, They have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God, day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. That's you and that's me. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Father, add your blessing to your word and make it life unto us. Amen. My friend, the Bible says the devil has come down to you and he has a great wrath. That tells me he has intensified his efforts. He's moving with great speed. He's moving with great wrath. He's moving with great strength. Because he knows that he has a short time. And this is not something that will happen. This is why I told you to underline verse 10. It says they have come. So these are things that have transpired. Hallelujah. And the further evidence for this, for this is when Jesus talks about it in the gospel of John. And he says, I saw, I saw the devil fall from heaven like lightning i saw him fall down and jesus says the ruler of this world has come but I, my peace i leave with you my dear brother my dear sister i want you to recognize that the bible says woe unto us the inhabitants of the earth because the devil is not just rule is, is not just moving you know in the sky with with two horns and, you know, ugly looking wings, the Bible tells us he has been cast down to the earth. And literally he has, the Bible says, he has taken a dwelling among us. He has found a place among us. And it says he's working. He's, he has come down to you and he's working with great wrath because he knows that the time is short. You know what's, you know what's sad to me, my friend? Uh, you know, over the past few weeks, you guys have gotten to know me and who I am. And you know that I'm usually not scared to say these things, but I'm going to say something that does make me a little scared, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Bible says the devil knows he has a short time, but I'm scared to think that there are some Christians who don't realize that they have a short time left. 
Even the devil knows that the time is short and even he has his stuff in order and he's working for his mission and his purposes. He's moving towards the right direction with a great amount of wrath. I want you to think about that. He's moving with a great anger deep within. He's moving with a great fierce, burning hot anger deep within. And do you know who that anger is for, my friend? The anger is against God and his Christ and the gospel. But that means taking you down because taking you down is how he can take God down. But I'm so blessed and I'm so honored to serve a God, hallelujah, who has never been defeated by any other force. No power in hell has defeated my God. No name under heaven has defeated my God. No grave in the world has defeated my God. And it gives me great power and it gives me great boldness to continue believing that yes, the devil's angry at you. Yes, the devil's angry at me because he's angry at God. But I'm blessed to think that I will never suffer from his wrath. Hallelujah. My friend, if the devil understands that, that he has a short time and he's got his stuff in order, I'm leaving you today as we take a short leave from uh, Bible study with me. I'm leaving you today, uh, I hope, with a sense of urgency. I don't know about you, but for the past year and a half, I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, just speaking from my heart. For the past year and a half, I have been moving with, with a great urgency. People have often asked me, Angel, you're in medical school. This is hard. This, you're not, you should not be you know, flying uh, and preaching Friday, Saturday, Sunday to fly back Sunday night or early Monday morning so you can come to school and take your 8 a.m. exams. Or uh, Most of you didn't know this because I, I didn't even bother to share with, with much, many people, I would say. Uh, I took my board exams on, on June 30th. That was Monday, and I was preaching here. Uh, sorry, uh, that was Tuesday, and I was preaching here Monday night, right before my board exam. And pe I'm not saying this to my boast or to my pride. I'm saying this because people ask me, why do you do stu crazy things like that? Uh, people have told me, this is a stupid angel. Okay, and uh, people have asked me that, and I usually don't answer them uh, much. I just tell them because this is who I am. I just leave it at that. But what the truth is, my friend, is that I feel in my spirit a serious urgency that I want to grab every opportunity I get. Those that know me know this. I don't say no to any preaching opportunity. Even if it's the end of the world and somebody says, can you preach? I'm going to say yes because I feel in my heart a serious urgency. Anybody else feel this? Does, do you, my friend, do you, my brother, my sister, do you understand how short the time is? That even the devil understood this. But today I want to show you, the Bible says he's been given a name here that has never been mentioned in the word of God. Not until Revelation 12 do we understand that one of the things that the devil does is that he accuses you before God day and night. Yes, the Bible says he has been cast down. But look, the Bible says after he was cast down in verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. 
So I want to just take a minute and bless Sister Rachel and Brother Sam because they were truly moving in the Holy Spirit. They could not have known that this was my message today. I want to show you how important it is for you to understand the power in the blood in the end days. Yes, we talk about the blood when we talk about healing, when we talk about witchcraft, when we talk about the Passover, this and that. But today I want to show you if, the, if you have a weapon, the, your greatest weapon in these last days is the blood of Jesus Christ. So as I take a leap for a few weeks, I want you to think about this. I want you to hold on to this. In these last days, my sister, how well have you understood the power of the blood? Hallelujah. The Bible says when the accuser was cast down from heaven to the earth, woe unto you, but you will overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Why is it that we always love to recite verse 11 and never think about verse 10? The Bible says, who did they overcome? They overcame the accuser. Hallelujah. Who was accusing them day and night? before God. I want to make this a little more real to you and show you a real life uh, scenario where this actually transpired in the Bible, where the devil was truly standing before God and accusing somebody. Turn with me to the book of Zechariah chapter 3. I want to make this very real to you and understand that there is a spiritual war going on and the blood of the lamb is the only thing that is going to save you. The blood of the lamb is the only thing that's going to give you victory. Zechariah chapter three, we're going to read verses one, two, and three. And then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. If you have a pen, underline the words high priest. Standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? If you have a pen. Uh, underline that question. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and he was standing before the angel. I want to just make a note here. The angel in this passage is Jesus in the Old Testament. Amen. This passage in particular, when the word angel, you find the word angel there, you can uh, go ahead and, and make that synonymous with the Jesus Christ because the Old Testament angel in this passage is the New Testament Jesus. Hallelujah. So here it is. The Bible tells us here's a man who is a high priest standing before what? Before Jesus, before the angel of the Lord. And Satan was at his right hand doing what? Opposing whom? Opposing the man of God. This is a very real life incident for you. That just because he was the high priest, the, the, the enemy didn't think, oh, I'm not going to mess with the high priest. In fact, if you're the high priest, he's coming after you. Hallelujah. If, if you're in ministry, uh, newsflash, he's coming after you. And not just after you on earth, but after you in the heavens before God's throne. And the Bible says Satan stood there before Jesus and accused him and opposed him and resisted him. But I praise God when the enemy stood before the throne of God and pointed at Joshua's filthy garments, when the enemy stood there and pointed at his filth and pointed at his at his sins, at the fact that he was a high priest who should be the holiest man in 
the land. But here, here he is before God in heaven, standing with filthy garments. The Bible says Jesus spoke up. Hallelujah. The Bible says the Lord stood there. And the Bible says the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad, my friend? Aren't you glad to be serving and loving a God who will always stand up for you? Hallelujah. I want to just share a small story with you. I was uh, meeting with somebody in my family, just visiting them. And while I was visiting them, there was a small point of contention there. And uh, she, she was not happy about my, my ministry. So she started to say some uh, very rude things. And uh, my whole life, people have said, you know, when people say rude things, uh, I tend to cry. I know. Can you believe it? Angel cries. I cry very easily. Right, hard on the outside, but truly, I cry very easily. So when I was when I began to cry, uh, I always just told myself, when things happen, just take it to the Lord, don't fight back. That that was me. Okay, I come from a very broken home with parents that fought all the time and who are now divorced. I have no idea where my dad is. Um, so coming from that lifestyle where there was so much argumentation and yelling, I just I just like to try try I try to stray away. When things get contentious, I like to walk out. That's angel. And so that was usually, you know, that's what I'm used to. And that's what I was doing. But something was different this time when this person had all these mean things to say, my husband was with me, right? And I'm, uh, I've been married now for a year and, and 11 days, right? So this was new. I, I, I was being insulted. And all of a sudden, my husband spoke up for me. And I'm like, what that's new i didn't expect that i didn't know that that was a thing i didn't know people could people would do that for angel i i definitely did not know that but it was a breath of fresh air to see that and i thought to myself is this what my jesus does for me on a daily basis is this what my God does for me on a daily basis when my accuser stands before my God and says, Lord, did you see that? Did you see what she did over there? Did, she, did you see what she was doing? I mean, just like God, he stood before God and had all these things to say about Job. The Bible says God was defending Job. God would say, no, he, he is my son. And in this, in this context, I love it. I rebuke you, Satan. In other words, don't talk about my son like that. Yeah, he's a high priest with filthy, filthy, gross stuff going on. Yeah, he's got a filthy lifestyle. Yeah, he's not holy like he's supposed to be. Sure, she's not, she's not doing everything she's supposed to be doing. But you don't get to speak about my son. And you don't get to speak about my daughter. Look, my friend, I don't know what the world has been saying to you. But today, the Bible says every accusation that the enemy brought against you as right and true and as, uh, and as factual as they may be, your God will always stand up for you. And in this case, I want to show you my Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Look, when the enemy says you're stupid, the blood says she's blessed. Oh, when the enemy says you're sinful, the blood says she's blessed. When the enemy says she's a thief, the blood says I have delivered her. When the enemy says she can't do anything right, the blood says she can do all things because I'm strengthening her. Hallelujah. Every time my enemy speaks against me, the blood will speak up for me. This is why the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks better things 
than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. And so in these last days, the devil knows he's got a short time and all these things will be spoken against you. All this opposition will rise up against you. There's chaos in the church. There's chaos outside of the church. It's not enough that the world resists the gospel. We have to be inside and mess it up on our own. All this going on, but the blood, my sister, Ah, I'm about to stand up and start real preaching, okay? The blood, my brother, hallelujah, the blood will resist the enemy. The blood will speak back against the accusation of your enemy, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Somebody should be running around their room and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 2, the Lord rebuke you. And then it says, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Amen. Meaning the calling and the choosing is there and he's the high priest of Jerusalem. So God's saying he is my man. He is my servant and he's serving my people. And so as long as this is my son serving my people, I rebuke you. You cannot stand against him. A God who truly stands up for you. And I love this. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? I want to stay here for a minute. The fire here refers to the accusation and the opposition of your enemy. But I love this. When the enemy, literally when the enemy, the Bible calls it darts, right? The Bible calls it darts uh, that, that are being thrown against you. Darts of fire that are being thrown against you in the book of Ephesians. When the, when the Bible says the darts of fire are proceeding from the enemy, my Bible says when the enemy surrounds you with a fiery load of opposition, a burning hot furnace type of affliction. My Bible says he plucks you out of the fire. Somebody scream hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout louder hallelujah. Praise be to God. When the enemy surrounds you with fire, I can just visualize the hand of God reaching down and plucking me out of the accusation of the enemy plucking me out of the opposition of my enemy. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know who I'm preaching to, but in these last days, know that you have an accuser who will accuse you day and night, who will accuse you before heaven day and night. But I praise God that though he is now here in the earth, God has given you the blood and that blood will speak for you. The blood will pull you out of the fire. You are a brand plucked out of the fire. Hallelujah. So live with courage in these last days. What, what are y'all afraid of, my friends, my brothers, my sisters? What scares you? Why does the devil scare you so much? Yes, he has a great wrath. Yes, he's working intensely against you. Yes, he, he's opposing you like nobody else and like no other time in history. But what scares you today? I want to ask you right here, right now, do you believe in the blood? Do you believe that it is up to you to overcome your accuser with the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, my sister? Do you believe that, my brother? Shout hallelujah. Shout praise be to God. Shout glory be to God. Shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God be glorified. Today, I want to just show you very quickly three things that the blood does 
and I will wrap it up and I will leave you with the blood of Jesus until we come back. May that blood continue to guard you. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and 25. Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and 25. I want to quickly read this for you. The Bible says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. I'll, I'll stop there. I'll stop there for a minute. Propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. I'm going to say it again. Propitiation by the blood and God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Look, I want to talk to you for a second. When you look at the journey of the Israelites as they left Egypt and they were entering Canaan, uh, I would call the, I would just look at that journey and divide it into two phases. The first phase is the Passover phase. The second phase is the crossover phase. Uh, maybe when one day, if we have time, we can look at that in a, in a better detail. But today, just notice here the Passover stage. Amen. You all remember what happened in the Passover time. The firstborn were dying. The blood was on the threshold. The devil, or I should say the angel of death, passed over the houses of the Israelites. Similarly, my Bible says God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Why? Because of the propitiation by the blood of Jesus. I want to talk to you about propitiation. Okay, um, I heard it taught like this once and it really blessed me and I'll just share it with you. Uh, when NASA was trying to launch their rockets into space and then bring them back safely, I don't know if you all watched Hidden Figures, right? It was, it's a really good movie, you should watch it. So in that movie, they talk about these women, these African-American women that had a significant impact, right? On the NASA project. But see, what the movie didn't tell you is that it was because of one of those ladies, the engineer lady, uh, by the way, she passed away a month ago right here in Hampton, which is 20 minutes from me. So this lady, this engineer woman came up with a heat shield. And do you know what she named it? She named it the propitiator. That's what she named it. She called it the propitiator. To this day, every uh, rocket ship, and I heard it taught this way, and I'm just sharing with you what I've heard. Every rocket ship has something called a propitiator. And what it does is that NASA would launch the rockets, but the problem was whenever the rocket would return from orbit, it would catch on fire because of the heat that surrounds the Earth's atmosphere. The problem was, there was no way for the ship to be protected from the heat until this woman came up with a propitiator. And what did it do when the rocket would come into the fiery atmosphere, the hot furnace atmosphere of the Earth's orbit? The propitiator was literally a heat absorbent. It would take all the heat upon itself in order to protect the ship 
and the people in the ship. Look, that language is being used here in verse 25 as a propitiation. Uh, the blood is your propitiation, meaning when the enemy attacks you, you've got a heat shield. Ah, I don't know who I'm preaching to. Somebody should scream hallelujah. You've got a heat shield that says the, the blood would, will stand there and say, whatever you're doing to my daughter, I'm going to take it upon myself. That's exactly what Jesus does. Anytime your enemy accuses you of something, anytime the enemy's got something negative and nasty to say to you, you know what this blood does? It takes it upon itself. And the blood will say, no, she's not, because I am taking it upon myself. You're calling my daughter a thief? No, she's not. Because the blood will say, I took that took that sin. I took her sin on the cross. This blood will speak for you. It is your heat shield. It is your heat absorbent. When the enemy attacks, glory be to God. I want to show you a realistic example of this. If you turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 20, one of my favorite passages actually, uh, and if you read the first six verses, which I don't have time to do, but I'll paint you a picture based on these six verses. A man who committed murder by accident, could run to a city of refuge. And here's what the high priest would do. The Bible says the high priest would stop the avenger from touching the sinner. So meaning this man has committed a sin and the avenger would come to take his life, right? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. I stab you if you stab me. That was the law of the land, right? So when this man committed murder, unintentionally or whatever, the avenger would come. Who is the avenger? He's the avenger, the Bible calls him, the avenger of blood. Hallelujah. Verse five, then if the avenger of blood pursues him, hallelujah, the high priest would stand there and the high priest would stop the avenger from touching the man that came there for refuge. Can I tell you something? To this day, between you and your avenger between you and the devil who wants to pay you back for every sin that you committed hallelujah between you and the punishment the wages of your sin between you and the avenger the devil the accuser hallelujah between you and your enemy stands a high priest who says, until I am alive, you cannot touch him. Because my Bible says, until the high priest would die, he would live protected in his city, in the city of the high priest. The high priest would, would protect the murderer. The high priest would stand there and, and protect him from anybody that wanted to avenge. Can I tell you today, hallelujah, your God neither sleeps nor slumbers. You have no idea what God is doing to protect you, my sister. Sometimes we are so oblivious to the things that God is protecting us from. Praise be to God. Literally a heat absorbent. I will take on everything that you have to throw against my daughter. Because my blood, my blood is the propitiation. Hallelujah. So number one, the blood is your propitiation. Number two, the blood is the promise sealant. Hallelujah. The blood is the promise sealant. Why do I say that? In the book of Exodus chapter 24, verses 5 through 8, if you have time tonight, I want you to write down the verses and read them yourself, okay? And try to read the whole chapter. Verses 5 through 8, the Bible tells us that the Israelites 
were so stiff-necked and stubborn and sinful that they were not able to progress into Canaan. And in that moment, the Bible says Moses slayed a speckled lamb. He takes the blood of that lamb. And here's what he does in verse 8. The Bible says he sprinkles it upon the people. And the Bible says, this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you, according to all these words. Meaning the people, because of their sin, couldn't enter Canaan. So Moses sprinkles the blood on them and he tells them, this is the blood that will seal the covenant done with you. God promises to them, regardless of your mistakes, regardless of your stiff-necked, stubborn nature, my covenant with you will stand because here's the blood that is the evidence. What if I told you, brother, the things that we do should have disqualified us from heaven like 50 years ago, right? I'm telling you that the things that we do to this day completely disqualifies you from Canaan. Hallelujah. The, 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 the nature we have, the attitudes we carry, none of the things that we truly exhibit in the truest sense and the deepest sense qualifies us for the kingdom. And yet the Bible tells you that because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that covenant cannot be changed. When the enemy tells you you're not going to make it into heaven, you know what the blood says? Praise be to God. The blood says, not by works, but by the blood. Hallelujah. So today when the enemy speaks to you and says all these things to you, the Bible says, overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word, the word of your testimony. Go ahead and proclaim with your mouth what you believe concerning the blood. Hallelujah. Go ahead and confess with your mouth. But I might be a sinner, but Jesus shed his holy blood and and because of his holy blood, I have a covenant that will never be changed. That covenant can never be taken away from me. That covenant is sealed and nobody can change it. Hallelujah. My sister, my friend, my brother, in these last days, though you may be very far from God, today the blood says that covenant will stand. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but today the Lord told me to tell you. The Lord told me to tell you. The enemy is telling you it's not going to happen and you're not going to make it into the kingdom. I came to tell you the covenant is well and it is alive and it will carry you into the kingdom. Despite your problems, despite your mistakes, the blood will take you. Hallelujah. And I'll leave you with a final thought. The blood not only brings propitiation and not only seals your promise, the blood brings perfect unity. I think in these days, I think this this. Scripture passage is very uh, important. Turn with me, Ephesians chapter 2, 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 2, I'll read 13 and 14. The Bible says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and he has broken down the middle wall of separation very powerful words my friends in these last days as you can look around america and see the walls that we've built the walls of separation 
right? The walls of separation by race, the walls of separation by financial status, walls of separation by who's holier, the walls of separation in the name of denomination. So many walls that separate us. But my Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ has broken down the middle wall of separation. This middle wall of separation is a literal reference because in the Old Testament temple, what they had was a middle wall that separated the outer courts from the inners. So that Literally, it, I know you. You know, you, I know you know about the veil. But I want to also tell you there was a wall and then a, a, a veil. Amen. So yes, the veil was torn. But can I tell you the wall was also broken down? Hallelujah. And so now there is no wall here. So if somebody brings up denomination and says, oh, you're Pentecostal and we are Martoma, there is no such wall. Hallelujah. You are a child of God. I'm a child of God. I love you as a brother and as a sister. Let's worship God together. Let's follow the word together. Let's seek the truth together. Let's join prayer house together. Let's just be brothers and sisters. I'm sick of these denominational uh, wars, uh, confusions. And you know, you wear jewelry. You don't let's let it all go seek the truth there is no time did i say that loud enough there is no time the devil understands how short the time is but we the pentecostals haven't understood how short the time is the time is not to fight the time is not to argue the time is not to be divided the time is to figure out the answer to our differences by seeking the word of god and by using the blood of jesus to bring down every wall of separation that we built with our very hands. My friend, my encouragement to you, as you leave uh, this conference tonight, as you log off in a few seconds, my prayer is that you understand, without the blood, you will not overcome anything in life, including the walls that separate us. Many of us are trying to find ways to fix racism in our country. Some of us are crying out it's systemic. Some of you are crying out it's not systemic. Some of you are crying out Democrat, Republic, Republican. Listen, none of that breaks down the walls of separation. We have it all wrong. Politics will not change it. I don't care who gets, who gets elected in November because I know that it's the blood of Jesus Christ that will bring down the walls of separation because I know know that it's the blood of Jesus that can set my land free. I know and I know and I know that it is the blood of Jesus that brings down walls. I don't care who gets elected. I pray that God's will be done. I pray that God's plan will come to fruition. I'm not going to concern myself about what if this happens, what if that happens. All I can do is I can understand my time is short and my best weapon is the blood. My best weapon is the blood. Hallelujah. My, my sister and my brother, in these last days, overcome your accuser by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of your testimony, recognizing your time is short. And I, I hope you understood that there should be an urgency. There should be something like leaping within you. You should be having spiritual palpitations about how little time we have. I think as, as millennials, we are the best procrastinators and we have shown that by procrastinating 
even when it comes to the rapture related stuff. Even when it comes to end days, we are procrastinators. We want to know if Jesus will come at 10 p.m., we get stuff ready at 9.32 p.m. Stop it, my friend. Hallelujah. The time is short. And whatever you do, lean on the blood. Let's pray together. Spirit of the living God, and we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Today we know that we have an accuser. Today we know an accuser stands before you day and night. An accuser who stood before you day and night has now taken dwelling among us. And truly, Lord, woe unto us. We are of, most, we are of all people the most pitiable because we have truly allowed the devil to take dwelling among us. But Lord, I pray that you would raise up a generation. God, I pray that you would raise up a generation, Father God, a generation that understands the blood, that understands that our weapon and our, and our spiritual weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through Christ Jesus for pulling down of every stronghold that rises itself against the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Right now, Father God, I pray that there would be a generation rising out of prayer house. Lord, if we've done anything, Father God, I pray that we will, we will enable and facilitate the rise of a generation of young believers, Father God, that will use the blood and believe in the blood, that will proclaim the blood, that will receive the power in the blood to overcome the enemy that dwells among us. And Lord, I pray that you would bring down every wall of separation, every wall, Father God. We resist it in the name of Jesus and we claim victory over it by the blood of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we come against every wall that separates us. Lord, I thank you that it is your blood that can heal us. It is your blood that can unite us. So today, we lean not on our own understanding and we lean on your blood. I pray that your blood would continue to be our propitiation, that we would put our faith not in our own abilities, but in your blood. And today with a, with a thankful heart, we thank you for the blood that still speaks better things on our behalf. We love you so much and we praise you, Father God. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. We pray that the Word of God has touched you and transformed you. His Word continues to be a living and active source of life. And only through His Word can we rejuvenate our own lives. So rate us and leave a review if you can. We really appreciate it. Till then, keep searching, keep listening for His voice, and we will see you again next time.